Hey friends, you're listening to the Connecting Hearts podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Jesse. We're so glad you stopped by to listen. Sit back, turn up the volume, and get ready to connect your heart. Welcome to episode three of the Connecting Hearts podcast. We are on our final episode, a three-part series of our Titus 2 panel, where we have asked older, which I was told is not the right word, but yet more experienced and wiser women to come alongside of us. Um, We've ask them all the same questions. We're going to be asking our guests today the same questions that we've asked the previous two and just really have a conversation and get to know a little more about seasons of life and lessons and it's going to be great. So my co-host again joining me, the lovely Sarah Wells. Hello again. (laughs) She just keeps coming back Um, and we will have her as our expert interviewee today. And joining our panel today is Jerry Blakey. So thank you for being here, Jerry. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. So Jerry, I'm excited to have you as our guest today because I don't know that much about you. So I'm actually looking forward to knowing everything there is about you after this podcast. So just... Well, alrighty then. That's right. No pressure. (laughs) No pressure. No pressure. pressure. All right. right. Well, I'm going to hand it over to Sarah. Sarah, take it away. All right. I am also very excited. I love the title, uh, the Titus Two Panels, um, and I think it's so much fun to hear from different experience and different um, stages of life. And um, so as we get started as panelists, we ask you each to introduce yourself, telling us just a little bit about who you are, married, kids, job, ministry involvement, that kind of thing, so that the listeners have an idea of who you are and where you're coming from. Okay. Um, my first name is Jerry. I have a middle name too, Mary, uh, Jerry Ann, but my mother only used that when she was mad at me. So, um, <laughs> and, uh, my maiden name is Jackowitz. I'm proud, oh. purebred Polish. Wow. Um, last name is Blakey and I've been married to Jean Blakey for 41 years. Oh, wow. Sweet. And, uh, we have two sons. Our older son is Joe. Uh, he lives in Thomaston, Maine, with his wife, Jenna, and they have two sons, Noah, who's nine, and Ezra, who's four. And then Andy, our younger son, lives in Sun Prairie with his wife, Judy. They have three children, Lucas, who's 12, Lily, who's nine, and Logan, who's seven. And so that's kind of our family. I work um, at the Wilderness Resort in Wisconsin Dells, part-time. Um, I kind of wanted something to do in my retirement years. <laughs> and uh, we had stayed at the Wilderness Resort, and so I thought it would be just a fun place to work because we enjoyed being there. And I work in transportation, so right now what I do is I drive a shuttle bus, and I take guests from where they are to where they want to be. And uh, I had the opportunity this past summer to um, ferry guests around on one of those larger golf carts with like a three-seat thing. And uh, those were really fun because you can just like scoot all over the place. And (laughs) 
people really enjoy that. It, it was a, it was a great a great <laughs> time. So I'm hoping that we're going to do something like that again this year. So I'll have that opportunity. Um, and again, I just enjoy that because I like being around people um, and chatting with them and finding out where they're from and you know things like that. So it's just fun. Um, we joined um, Walnut Hill Bible Church in 2018, which is when we moved to Wisconsin um, from the southwest Missouri area. Mm. And at Walnut Hill, I've been um, involved in choir, and I hope to be involved in choir again soon. <laughs> yes, bring um, it back. So hopefully that will happen. But I'm really excited because... Tyson asked me um, recently to um, sing in the, with the praise band. Yes. And I was really honored to be asked. So I will start that at the end of this month. So I'm really, I'm really grateful for that opportunity. Yeah. I just enjoy singing quite a bit. I've always done it. I'm not sure how we're going to do with this voice now, and that's another story, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also at Walnut Hill, uh, I've been involved... Uh, in working in the toddler nursery, which is fun because I sort of relate to them nicely. <laughs> um, and just this year, I was asked to be a mentor mom for our MOPS group, our yeah. Mothers of Preschoolers group. Huh. Um, that's been a really great opportunity, even though we've only met, I've only been in this position for a few months. Um, just meeting these younger moms has been a real wonderful experience for me. Um, I just like the energy that young moms have. And I know most of the time they probably don't feel like they have much mm -hmm. energy because they're chasing littles around. Mm -hmm. But I just enjoy them very, very much. They have a great perspective on life. And um, I, just, I just like being around them. I think they're great. Um, I've also hosted a couple of ladies' Bible studies in my mm. home, which is really fun. I, that's one thing I do like to do. Um, Hobbies-wise, um, I like outdoory things. Um, Jean and I own kayaks, and we like to paddle around, and we've explored some lakes here in Wisconsin, and we fish out of our kayaks, which is fun. I'm not the best fisher person, but, you know, I'm one of those who can, you know, stick a worm on a hook, rinse my hands off in the lake, and then take a bite of my sandwich. It's not a problem <laughs> at all, so I'm good with that. Um, we like hiking as well, um, and we've uh, this summer just started playing pickleball, which is like the old person's <laughs> tennis or something like that. But um, I wasn't going to say and, that. And I'm, I'm not very good, but um, I enjoy playing. It's good exercise, and, and um, it's just something wonderful to do, and we've, we've enjoyed that a lot. There's a little pickleball niche we have in this, in this church. Your mom. Yes, my parents love pickleball, and they have... <laughs> Taken Emma to go play pickleball yeah, as well. I've seen and, her at, I've seen and her at the And she pods. has <laughs> very yes. much so enjoyed pickleball. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And probably the other thing about me is I'm an enormously huge sports fan. Um, I have been a Packers fan since I was probably three or four years old. And I we remember can keep watching going games. in the podcast. Right. That's good. That's good. I remembered watching games. I, I grew up in Milwaukee. Yeah. And so I watched games with my dad. I remember those are some of the earliest memories that I have in my life oh, that's cool. of watching Packers games on TV with my dad. And ever since I've been a, a, a very big fan, basically I'll watch anything that's on. I can get interested in it pretty much. And uh, um, so sports is really fun. And, and our, our sons were involved in sports, which um, I'll talk about a little bit more as well. But uh, it's just been a, a part of my life 
And uh, so that's a, another thing about me. So that's pretty much my story, my background. Very fun. Do you have any fun facts? Um, you asked me about that, and probably the, the one fact that maybe some people don't know, probably most people don't know because I don't share a lot, is I was first runner-up in the Greenfield, Wisconsin, Junior Miss Pageant. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay, oh, let's yeah. see the wave. Oh, yes, do the, I can do the, yeah. Elbow, I, elbow, didn't wrist, do, wrist. I, although we didn't do the wave. I, oh. was, uh, <laughs> I was a very nervous contestant, though. Oh, really? I remember oh, that's my, cool. my mom told me that my, my grandmother was in the audience, and she, asked, she leaned over and asked my mom, what's the matter with her smile? Because <laughs> I felt like it was frozen on my face. It was, it was rather humorous. Oh. But I will say, first runner-up was the best place to be. None of my friends wanted me to win because they were really afraid that I would change, oh. you know, that I would oh. become like, like stuck on, um, on myself. Sure. So I was like that, well, I'll, I'll do, just do the next best thing. So that's there you go. kind of the way that worked out. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's so anyway, fun. so that's, that's a fun fact. Oh, I love cute. it. <laughs> okay, so one of the number one questions that gets asked at our Titus Two panels is, what does your discipline in getting in God's word look like? So your quiet time. It's interesting that you use that word discipline because <laughs> my very first little statement on my note says, I am not very disciplined. Mm. <laughs> I am the type of person who needs structure and a plan. And so um, I have found, especially recently, that uh, we have this wonderful Bible reading challenge that yeah. um, Pastor Dan has kind of encourage people to get a, uh, to become a part of and then there's a weekly online discussion group mm -hmm. that I have joined which has been amazing mm. it's pushed me to really dig deeper into the passages that I'm reading um, they're both from the old and new testament so some of them have some uh similarities and uh the, I think the the whoever put this plan together kind of put the passages together that have some relation one oh, sure. to the other. And it's great to, to view that. And it's also great to hear from others what things um, struck them and, and what things they learned. And it's just been a, a real good eye-opener for me. And again, it helps me with, um, with the structure that I need. Um, and I, I, just, I just like that. Um, it's just helped me to dig deeper, and I, I like that. Um, and I mentioned that I've hosted ladies Bible studies and I really love um, Bible studies with women because, again, they, women have a good perspective on God's word and the different things that it means to them. And I always like learning about those things. And I will make a plug because Jen Wilkin is my absolute favorite mm -hmm. author of Bible, women's Bible studies. Yes. She <clears throat> teaches the way I like to learn. And I've just been really encouraged by the studies. I think I've done f four of her studies, and then I've repeated two of them since I've been mm -hmm. here. So Very I've cool. just I've just enjoyed them immensely. Yeah, so there's a lot of meat in um, her studies. Yes, it's and and I like that. I yep. like I like I like the knowledge. Yep. You know, um, because I think with the knowledge of you know, God's word comes the wisdom that He wants you to get from it. So right. I think that's important. Um, my when, how does that fit into my day? Again, it, it's, it, it varies. Um, I'm not real coherent early in the morning. 
And I know so many women who really have said that they do so, their, their days just go so much better when they just start out first thing in the morning, you know, having that quiet time. And I know for some people that works really well. Um, I don't, I've, done, I've done some of that, and sometimes it does work for me. But when I work, I usually start early enough that it would, I would have to get up way early in order to make the time really profitable, so I don't do that. So it's later in the day. My constant, though, in my study is my wear. And uh, we have a little family room downstairs in our house, and we've got a big, old, overstuffed recliner, and I just stick my feet up on the recliner, cover up with a blanket, and I spread my stuff out all over the place. And that's really, that's sort of like, you know, people talk about prayer closets and things like mm -hmm. that. That's my, that's my place. Mm -hmm. And um, so regardless of what time of day I get into God's Word, I think, you know, I have my place, and that just makes me feel really centered and it allows me to, to just focus. And for me, that's, that's good enough. Mm. That's, that's interesting. It. And it's interesting. I think all three of you have said that early mornings really aren't the time that it's easier to focus and concentrate a little later in the morning. So I think, I think there's something to be said for that. I mean, it's really whenever... God tells you to do it, <laughs> but I like that your constant is, is your location. That sounds very comfortable and easy to get into the Word. <laughs> yeah, so. it just makes me, it, you know, it just gives me that, okay, this is what I'm here for, and this yeah. is, yeah. Yep. It's like a physical reminder yes. of yeah, like, absolutely. I'm in my place, and this is where I know I'm going to be doing my study and learning more about God. I love that. All right, another question that's often asked is, are you a reader? I'm going to give you a very short answer to that question. No. <laughs> All right. I will tell you, my mother was an avid reader. I was always getting, she always got books for uh, gifts because she just enjoyed reading very, very much. And when my dad retired, he also, you know, was a very, very, a very, very avid reader and my girls, my daughters-in-law, who are, I, that word is kind of, they're just my girls, Jen and Judy, um, are also big readers. Um, I tell people I have a magazine article attention span. <laughs> so that's about the extent of really, you know, I've, I've had some success in reading some books in the past, some fiction books that I've gotten into, but it's just not a big part of what I am. Sure. So there we go. That's fair. <laughs> I love fair. it. Okay, so we would like to know about the seasons of life um, and what season of life was the hardest for you to get through and kind of what helped you during that season. You know, I thought quite a bit about this. And, you know, there have been different, you know, periods, uh, you know, small segments of time that I've had some, you know, difficult mm -hmm. issues that have come and gone. And, but I think the season of life that was toughest for me was my young adulthood. Um, I'm meaning like post high school and through my early 20s. Um, I did not know Christ as Savior at that time. And um, I quit college after one year. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with an education. 
and I didn't have any money to continue it unless I was going to have a purpose for it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was a bit of a kind of a driftless, you know, I just kind of rode the waves as they came. Um, I went to work. I started working in retail, and I really enjoyed it. It kind of, you know, is the kind of thing getting, being with people and, mm -hmm. you know, things like that, and I enjoyed that very much. But my personal life, I have to say, was not very pretty. I look back at that time, and I was pretty selfish with my time. Um, I was, at best, irresponsible, and I made many, many poor decisions. Um, just personal decisions, you know. I, it's not none, nothing that I would want to like really elaborate on because it's just youthful poor decisions. But they mm -hmm. were very, you know, just not good, mm -hmm. not good at okay. all. But what I found interesting in looking back was that, and I'm going to do the air quotes thing. Somehow, mm -hmm. I had an awareness of God's existence during that time. Mm -hmm. um, from childhood. I've always believed that God existed. I never had any, any problems believing in God. Um, and I didn't have any problem with um, the biblical concepts, even ones that people find difficult to understand. Things like the concept of the Trinity. I didn't have any problems thinking that God was mm -hmm. one with mm -hmm. three distinct persons. Mm -hmm. I, that, I accepted that. I believed it and I accepted it. Um, like the virgin birth. Okay, Jesus was born of a virgin. Okay, that was, I was good with that. Mm -hmm. And I knew that Jesus died for our sins. Um, those are things that I was taught from early, early on, and I believed them and didn't have a problem with them. However, none of those things were very important to me at that time in my life. And the help, actually, when it says what helped you during that season... That came a few years later. The company that I worked for in retail asked me to move from Milwaukee to Chicago to manage a brand new store in a brand new shopping mall. And that's where I met my husband. Less than six months later, we were married. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sweet. That is so if really you cool. ask me the next question, then I can kind of elaborate on that story. <laughs> so go right ahead, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> so we also want to hear about marriage. Describe your marriage and how have you seen God work in your life through your marriage? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> During our short engagement, Jean and I talked about the fact that we wanted a spiritual life in our marriage. Hmm. And again, totally, totally from God because we really didn't have, I mean, it wasn't something we looked at each other and saw Christendom in our, because we, that, I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't there. Um, and I had no idea what that would even look like. But we talked about the fact that if we wanted to learn about more about God, which is what we thought we wanted to do, that the Bible might be, oh, a reasonable place to start <laughs> considering, well, it's the word of God. So mm -hmm. we Makes thought that was, yeah, mm -hmm. that, was totally, that was totally reasonable. And so if you fast forward just a little bit, the Lord provided some mentors for us during that time, a church to attend, and after that time, both of us became believers. Mm. And I just think it's interesting that, you know, 
we had people that we worked with who spoke into our lives that were, you know, that were very solid believers and um, just a place to go. We had a place to go so we could, we could sit under teaching. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm not saved at this point. Right. But we had a place to go. Wow. And after that point, um, both of us became Christians. Christians. Mm. So, um, and I can go into that a little bit more later, but um, I just think that was, that was a really great yeah. thing for us. That is yeah. great. Um, and our relationship, um, I, the only thing that I can say is I'm incredibly thankful to the Lord for my husband. Gene mm. is an amazing man. I, he, he's a true gentleman. Um, I think it's interesting because I, I, I measure observing people that are gentlemen or not gentlemen by who holds doors open for people and things like that. And I see a lot of young people that probably just haven't learned that from anyone. Right. And I'm gr grateful because both of our boys have learned that lesson. And so that's something yeah. that, I, I, you know, and it's a little thing, but it, to me it's, it's, it, it speaks volumes. Um, Gene is also very patient. He's the sensible to my, uh, not so much. You, know? <laughs> you balance um, each other out. Yeah, I think we do. <laughs> and I, I'm grateful because he loves me even when I do or say something unlovable, which happens probably more often than I would want to really admit. But, um, and he's also a wonderful provider. Um, he was a great dad to our boys. Um, and now he's a fun grandpa, which is, which is pretty cool. That's it's always that's good to have a fun yes. grandpa. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, I, that's, that's pretty much the, our marriage in a nutshell. Um, yeah, I think we're, we're great friends. Um, we're doing things more together now, of course, because we sure. have time to do that, and, and that's wonderful. So, so cool. I love yeah. that. Okay, so changing gears a little bit into um, parenting. Um, so you have two adult boys. I do. Um, so looking back, uh, there's plenty of us who are still in the throes of parenting small children. I've got elementary school age, and Nicole's got three teens and a kindergartner. Oh, kindergartner. Six-year-old, yeah. Um, yep. Okay, so looking back, um, what are some things that you did well with your children um, and then advice that you have for us with young children or for Nicole with high schoolers? Um, <laughs> I had to think about that because it's been a long time since my children <laughs> were children. Mm -hmm. So um, I just remember some of the things that we, we did in our house. Um, like, you know, just something really easy like Christmas morning. We always, uh, in the boy, to the boys' chagrin, you know, we, we read the biblical account in Luke chapter 2 of Christ's mm -hmm. birth. Sure. And they got to know it very, very well because we did it every single year before <laughs> they could open their presents on Christmas morning. And we just liked that. And um, I used to do Easter egg scavenger hunts with the boys. They would have to perform a task of some kind or another, and then they would get the next clue to their next <laughs> Easter egg and eventually get to a basket. Oh, that's cool. So <laughs> that was pretty fun. <laughs> I started to do that with the grandkids, but the more of them that, them that came along, it got to be way too much work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and both of our boys played Pony League baseball when they were young. And Gene and I were as involved as we could be. Um, he coached, did some coaching. Um, 
and I worked a lot in concessions. In fact, for a couple of years, I ran our concessions for our league. That was like a full-time job. I believe Because that. I had oh, like, yeah. like um, delivery men bringing hot dogs, hot dog, but like bread trucks that pull up in front of my house. Oh, sure. A, a huge, like one of those big beverage trucks oh, with yep. soda <laughs> yep. pull up in front of my house and my neighbors would probably thought I was a little nuts, but <laughs> that's what I did. Mm. And um, um, it, was, it was really fun. I, I just think... Um, I just think that's one thing I would say to parents of young children and even into their high school years. First of all, hug them and say you love them often. And even my boys, when they got bigger, I did it, you know, and they may not have always liked it, but they always, I think they, they, they always knew that they were loved. Yeah. And get outside and get dirty. We did a lot of that. And uh, we, I won't talk about the trampoline antics that our sons used to pull. <laughs> mm, yeah. Just imagine. And uh, um, as much as possible, I think it's an, a great idea to get involved in their schools if you can. Obviously, if you're homeschooling, you're mm -hmm. very involved in their schools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you, if they're in, you know, private or public school, you know, volunteer when you can because it just I think it gives the kids a sense that you are caring about what they're doing. Sure. And um, just encourage them in whatever extracurriculars that they choose to do. And I know that there are some parents that, you know, push them into, push kids into just every, you know, they've got kids going, you know, four or five nights Non-stop. a week. And mm -hmm. to me, that's probably not healthy, I wouldn't think. But we didn't have that issue in our house, so I don't really, can, can't really speak much to that. We, you know, we were... They, they, they had their limits of what, what sure. we allowed them to do, and that was good. Um, the other thing I think is important for both young kids and, and up, up through high school is boundaries. Um, give the mm -hmm. kids boundaries, like chores to do that, that you know, you got to accomplish this before you can do the thing you want to do. Mm -hmm. And curfews, I think, are important, um, regardless of whether it's you can go to your buddy's house, but you need to be home by before dinner time, whatever time that is. And, mm -hmm. and as they get older, you know, curfews in the evening for, you know, for friends and things like that. I was always okay with being the bad guy, you mm -hmm. know, and having my kids say, well, my mom said I can't go here. Or we can't, I need to be home by this time or, you know. And so we set those boundaries with our boys and I think that those were very important. Um, and even through all the things that we did, um, through school and extracurriculars and curriculars and things, um, we did make church attendance a priority in our ho in our home. Um, rarely would any other thing, like an extracurricular or something like that, take us away from church. Um, and I do think it's important to be part of a local church and to serve there, because your kids will not only see that. But you can also, as they get older, give them an opportunity to serve in different places where your church allows those things to happen, right. whether it's, you know, whatever that looks like in, in any given church, because different churches have different, you know, standards of what's appropriate and what mm -hmm. they will do. But I just think that that was really important for our family. And I will say that now that both my sons are adults, they have both been very, very uh, involved in their local churches. 
And I'm really proud of that yeah. because yeah. Um, it's easy, you know, it's easy to not do that, those kind of things. But um, churches need people that are faithful servants, and I'm glad that they're willing to do that. Um, and when your kids get to be adults, I think for, for us, it was just important to make sure that our boys knew that we're, we were there for them, listen to them when they would, you know, being, being boys, they mostly call their dad, you know, for advice about things sure. and that kind of thing, and, which is great um, because, um, you know, usually the things that they need to know about are the things that he's got good experience in, so mm -hmm. that's great. Um, and I, my mother always, I remember my mother always telling me, you know, offer advice, but only if you're asked for it. <laughs> and so that she, tried, she tried to do that with our families, mm -hmm. you know, my siblings and, and me. Um, and so uh, it, the hardest thing you, that sometimes you have to uh, observe is them making their own mistakes, but you have to let them do it. You know, make mistakes and learn from them. And mm -hmm. I think that's really, that's really important. And then probably the most, more recently that, that we've learned is when the grandkids come, let the parents do the discipline. Mm. <laughs> that was a little bit tough for us at first. Mm. Um, and, you know, when I say that my husband's a fun grandpa, uh, we just had to focus on being the fun people because, you know, it's like you see a lot of, uh, you know, people talking about, well, you know, if mom and dad say no, just ask the grandparents, right, right. you know, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and we're good with that to a, to a point. Um, but, yeah, that was a little bit tough of a lesson for us to learn, but we, we learned it quickly, and, yeah. and I think that that's made a big difference for I think, us. I think that's going to be hard to not want to discipline your offspring's offspring. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it would be natural, so I, I yeah. may have to watch myself there, too, <laughs> eventually, in 30 years when they have kids. <laughs> Excellent. Um, okay, so do you have a life verse? And if so, which one? And how did you get that verse? Well, I'll tell you where I got it first, and then I'll tell you what it is. Um, most churches have bulletins, mm -hmm. and usually on the front of their bulletin, because those are usually done by a publishing house somewhere, yep. there's yep. usually uh, some kind of a graphic and sometimes there's a verse and mm -hmm. this particular verse was on a the front of a bulletin that I saw very very early in mm -hmm. my in my walk with the Lord and it's in fact and when I told Pastor Dan that this was it he was kind of surprised because he's you know he said that's the first time I think I've ever heard that <laughs> and it's first Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight, which says therefore my beloved brothers be steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Mm. And so I remember looking up the word abounding in the dictionary, and I liked the definition that said, abounding is existing in a great supply of something. Mm. And I thought, well, I don't think there's a greater supply of anything than the sacrifice that Christ made for us so yeah. that we could be saved. Yeah. And that's the, that's the best supply of anything, I think. And, you know, the whole of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is about the resurrection of Christ and then of the Christian. 
And so that verse, this verse just kind of reminds me that I need to stay right here, you know, putting my existence in what Christ has done for me already. And for me then to go on and, and live for him, live to please him, even if nobody else cares or notices. And I guess you would hope that people might notice so that they will notice that about you. But that's not why I do it. I want my life to be, you know, like the John 15 vine and branches. I want to exist yeah. right there. And, and so that, that's why um, I, I just think that whatever I do, my labor in, you know, ministry in the church or, you know, driving people around the wilderness or right. cleaning my house or right. whatever it is, um, it's not in vain because I can do everything to, to and for his glory. And that's, I think that's really important. And that's why I like this verse. I love that. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. So this last year has been a little crazy. We've had a mm -hmm. worldwide pandemic of COVID and we have had to go virtual. We have been told to stay home. We have had to wear masks and be socially distanced. And it has been a, a kind of crazy year. Um, I agree. <laughs> so how has your last year been? Um, what things have changed um, during this weird season? And how are you navigating through that? On our day-to-day -day basis, um, because Jean and I are a little Oh, oh, what is it? More experienced? Yes. No, no. Yes. yes. More experienced. Yes. And, more wiser. Experienced. and wiser. And wiser. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Our day-to-day -day lives weren't really as disrupted as much as some. Um, you know, families that, you know, have parents that are working, or mm. at least, you know, one parent mm -hmm. working, uh, or both, um, with full-time school, jobs, whatever. And um, um, because we're not there, we're in a different season of our lives, those things didn't affect us as much. Um, the whole lockdown thing, you know, just staying home more. We just, we just tried to get outside as much as we could because, you know, we would do that anyway. Right, um, sure. For the most part. And except when it's, we've got this weather now that's like below zero, that's <laughs> just, you know, that's kind of put a little damper on things. Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, you know, and they were inconvenient, really. Um, we managed. And uh, um, I think... I think that's about the best we, we could expect to do during this time. Um, but I had COVID, and um, there were a few weeks that I was pretty sick. And um, lots of people prayed, which is, is amazing to me. Um, I got good care, and uh, I'm pretty much over it. Um, I still <laughs> ask my husband once in a while to tell me if he, can, if he smells me because... <laughs> My sense of smell isn't totally back. Oh. It's, about a, it's about a 25%. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, yeah, I was diagnosed the um, – I, I shouldn't say diagnosed. I was tested and had my, for my initial symptoms, which was the loss of smell, loss mm -hmm. of smell, the day after Thanksgiving. Oh. And so, oh. yeah, so it's still not back. It's just, wow. like I said, I got about 25%. It's just interesting. Mm. Um, so I'm moving on. You know, mm -hmm. I'm over it now, and, mm -hmm. and that's all I can say about that. However, I will say 
that the experience caused me to really think about fear. Mm. And I think that there's been a lot of fear mongering and I think um, 2020, they're just, I think it just, and it continues now. I mean, there's just everything you look at in the media is just tends to want to bombard us with things that almost seem to be designed to make us fearful. And that just flies directly into the face of what scripture teaches. teaches. Um, obviously, scripture teaches us that many, uh, in many places that we should have uh, a fear of the Lord, mm -hmm. you know, a reverent, holy fear. Mm -hmm. And I'm perfectly good with that because, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. He's, a, he's an awesome and holy God, and that's, that, that's a different kind of thing. Um, but it also tells us that God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. And also that we women are Sarah's, Abraham's wife, Sarah's children, if we do good and do not fear anything that's frightening. So um, I thought that was, those were very interesting statements about fear. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to think that that's where I've been living. But um, I thought very hard. Um, our beloved pastor, Dave Hutchins, um, mm -hmm. it, it gave a, a message that a portion of which was played at his memorial nice. service. Um, and during that piece that was, that was in, that, in that service, he said that he loved life and he would fight for his last breath, but he knew that eventually he would die. But he said that he didn't fear death because heaven awaited, and I love the way he said it, and it's better than this. Yeah. And from what I experienced, that's what I want people to know, sure. that we don't have to be afraid, and regardless of what we're told from external forces. Sure. Yeah, and that is so important. I think that's part of the resting in God's character in this time um, where you do see so much fear. And it almost feels as if when you look to outside sources, they're trying to provoke a response. And it used, I used to feel like when I watched um, TV that they were provoking like a marketing response, like buy Doritos, buy Mountain Dew, you know, whatever. And now even going past one of the businesses in town, it said, stay apart together. And I'm like, Wait, what? I don't even understand what that means. But even that had some fear component to me. Like, you want me to come closer, but you want me to stay away. W why? So that's, uh, that's just so important. I think a lot about what Pastor Dave said in that sermon um, and even how relevant it was because he passed away <laughs> not too long after that. That's right. Yeah, but... And yeah, and I just, I, I loved yeah. it, and I, I, I play it often. Yeah. Just because I, I enjoy hearing his voice. I and know. those words are just, um, to me, they're just priceless. Yeah, they are. They're yeah. very priceless. Yeah. So through all of this COVID crazy year, the church is weary. They are tired. There's been a lot of change. There's been a lot of um, disunity and... Um, yeah, it's just been a hard year. Um, what advice would you have for 
the weary church. Um, as I'm reading this, as I'm looking at this answer, I'm thinking, I'm not sure as much as is just advice is just kind of an exhortation because, um, and I'll, I'll guess I'll go, go into it a little bit, but I went to First Peter to answer this. Um, that was one of the Jen Wilkins studies that mm -hmm. I did. So I have a little bit of, a little bit of memory on, on some of the things about that book. And, uh, you know, the book was written to Jewish and Gentile believers that were, you know, um, experiencing persecution and suffering. Um, and one of the biggest reminders that Peter gave them was who they were in Christ, you know, their identity with him. Um, and the verse uh, in 1 Peter 3, verse 8 says, finally, all of you, which I think is sort of interesting because it's verse 8, and, in, and there's 14 more verses in the chapter, which I think is funny. <laughs> finally. It says, finally. And then there's two more, you know, two more chapters, which is also sort of funny. Um, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, a tender heart, and a humble mind. And I went, yep. And I thought, yes, we are weary. We are definitely weary. And I can imagine that those people during that time probably felt the same. Yeah. They were undergoing, you know, persecutions of varying degrees. And, um, you know, I, I just thought about us as a church. And we are made up, every church is, and this one is no different, made up of individual sinners saved by grace. And our unity and our ability to be that sympathetic, tender, humble, you know, person toward one another have all been tested by the events of this past year. And uh, <laughs> I just think, yeah, we have an enemy, Satan, who's just in this. He's in the thick of it. This is his plan. And this is what he wants. He wants to drive this wedge in believers. And you mentioned the disunity, Sarah. And um, you, people are always going to have different opinions about different things. But I guess the, the advice is really more of an exhortation. We just can't let Satan get a foothold. We just can't. It's too important not to. And I will say that I believe that Walnut Hill Bible Church has some incredible leadership. And our leadership has done a very, very good, in fact, I would say outstanding job of navigating some of these rough areas. So I guess the encouragement I would have is for us to pray for them and to pray for each other mm -hmm. um, as we press forward. Um, and going back <clears throat> to First Peter, I look at, at the end of, of the book, chapter 5, Peter's prayer in, in verses 10 and 11 say, May the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And mm -hmm. I'm like, mm -hmm. bam. That's right. it. That's <laughs> it. Drop. Right there. Yeah. Mic drop. Absolutely. Yep, drop the mic right there. That's pretty much, I, w I don't want to drop, I won't drop, I, Tyson, I won't drop the mic, I promise. <laughs> oh. I could spike it on the ground, that would be bad. There you go. <laughs> All right, so the last question that we have for you tonight is, um, 
what role has the church played in your life? And um, specifically, like, how have you created fellowship and inside or outside of the church? Um, I love this. I love this question because it just made me smile. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I, I know people who feel that they can worship God anywhere, mm-hmm. at home, in nature. We, we had a former neighbor who told us one time that he worshiped, worshiped at the church of the largemouth bass. And I went, oh my, oh my gosh, that's just, that's just So awful. he liked to fish. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't, and people, you know, these people feel that they don't need a church right. to, do, right. to do that. And I absolutely agree that worship can take place anywhere that someone can commune with God, mm-hmm. although I don't recommend closing your eyes while driving. That's, yes, you know. that's good advice. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. But I believe that we were made for more. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously we have a really wonderful biblical model in Acts chapter 2 about believers meeting together regularly for instruction, mm-hmm. prayer, and fellowship, uh, and food, because yes. yeah, we wouldn't be a tree if we didn't have that's food. Right. Yeah, food's important. Um, and again, you know, looking at scripture, Hebrews 10.25, again, speaks real clearly about this. Let us not give up meeting together mm-hmm. as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And so... <clears throat> I think those verses really speak, you know, volumes about the, the uh, importance of a church. And um, I mentioned earlier, I, I was saved after I started attending a Bible-believing church. So hearing solid teaching there and then continuing to learn about God's plan for me through a small ladies' Bible study was what brought me to that place. I was in a... Uh, just a small Bible study with my boss's secretary and one of the mentors that I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. um, in, our, in our genes in my life. Um, and she and her husband were both, he worked for our company and she, was, she kind of facilitated this little Bible study, three, three ladies, and that through that Bible study is how I came to know Christ. And... Um, I think a local church provides the best opportunity for discipleship, fellowship, and service. All three of those things, I think, are very important. Um, Jean and I have been members of five churches since we have been saved. Three of them in the Chicago area, and the reason we had more than one was because we moved. Chicago is kind of a big area, and when mm-hmm. you move from one side of town to the other side, it's kind of, you know it's kind of behooves you to find someplace else to attend. Otherwise, it would be, it's very difficult. And then when we moved to Springfield, Missouri, we sought out a church. We found one. We joined it, and we stayed there. And then well, here at Walnut Hill, since mm-hmm. moving to Baraboo. Um, and we are both very strong advocates for church membership. I think that's really important for identity and for accountability. Yes. Absolutely. Um, So in saying that, I am just so grateful to God for bringing us to Walnut Hill. And I have to say that this church was pretty much the deciding factor for Jean and and, and me to move to Baraboo. That was our, in our choice of where to put down our roots. And uh, we became aware of the church. And, you know, Sarah knows about this story. Um, basically because our son Andy and, and his wife Judy are very good friends 
with Steve and Patty Beach's son, Scott, mm -hmm. and his family. Mm -hmm. And so we knew about the church before we even moved here. Mm -hmm. And basically coming and having the then lovely secretary, Patty Beach, give us uh, a tour yeah. and yeah. all yeah. kinds of wonderful information about the church. We felt that this would be a really good fit for us. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I like this local church because it preaches the whole word of God unashamedly. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. Um, you know, you can, there are different things to, you know, everything from the color of the carpeting to, you know. Oh, yes. You know, the, whether, the, whether there's an organ or a piano or a drum set, you know, right. it makes people come or go from churches. And, yes. You know, and Jean and I have had some wonderful opportunities here to learn and to fellowship and to serve. Um, and I've said for a long time that in a good church, you can pretty much find instant friends. And that's really been true for us in the churches that we've been in, and, and this one especially as we've been here. Um, although, I have to admit, we haven't seen him as much lately as we'd like to or we used to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but hopefully that'll happen soon. So that's, I think, I think that, like I said, that's why this question made me smile because it just... Yeah just showed how, 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 how far we've come, how, how the Lord's just directed us in time after time to finding a place to serve him, and, and it's been wonderful. Yeah, and something that you said um, was interesting to me because we also heard it from Kristen <coughs> Considine um, in episode one. She had started attending a church, I think it was Nathan's church, and she was not saved yet, right? I believe that's how it was. <laughs> if not, I just made a fool of myself, but we'll go with that. Um, and you said that you were going to a church and that biblical teaching was just so important and um, you weren't saved at that point, right? You Correct. were in the door first. And um, I just want to say to you know anyone listening that does attend Walnut Hill that isn't saved or anyone out there listening that isn't saved that you don't have to be a Christian to walk through the door of the church that is part of the purpose of the church is to speak God's word is to come alongside of you is is to really get that biblical foundation into your ears so you can you can hide it in your heart and I think um my experiences, people that I've spoken to that aren't Christians think they have to be perfect walking through the door. One of the funniest things that I have joked with past coworkers are, well, you can come to church, it's fine. Oh, no, I'm going to burst into flames when I walk through the door. And like, that's not how it works. Like, we would all be bursting into flames. <laughs> we are all still sinners. God's, God's blood or Jesus's blood has washed us clean, but it doesn't, doesn't mean we won't all still burst into flames. So I just think that's really important to point out that church isn't for perfect people. And you should walk through the door, whether you're saved, not saved. If you haven't been to church for a while, if you have only been there um, you know, 10, 20 years ago as a child. But that's, that's really interesting. That's, thank you for, for pointing that out. Because that's just beautiful how, how God works. And he can work in other situations and through other people. But um, 
what greater gift is there to have biblical preaching and and solid leadership and that's not just at this church um there are a lot of other good churches out there too but i'm kind of fond of this one absolutely so. <laughs> but i think and i think the lord does lead you um to a place where mm. he he feels that, you know yeah. he feels that would be a good fit and sometimes and and sometimes that changes yes um yep. because sometimes churches change sometimes leadership does change and things yep. like that and you have to be sensitive to that um and we have seen in churches, some of the churches that we have been involved in in the past mm -hmm. have had some leadership changes and there have been some issues. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and even in our, in our experience in being in those churches, when that happens, you, you, know, you just have to make sure that you're not compromising anything yes. scripturally that yes. you stand for. Yep. Because that's the constant you know the word god's word doesn't change jesus right. does not change right and he's the only way and we have to um i think i think that's the biggest thing that we have to accept is you know people will want to put their little you know add-ons in there but um they're flavors of the day mm -hmm. and those things will change yep. but he does not and i'm grateful for that absolutely Well, Jerry, I'm very glad that you guys um, ended up here at Walnut Hill um, and that we have gotten to get to know you a little bit better tonight during this podcast and that even um, Jesse and I have gotten to know you guys a little bit too. Um, and he so move. <laughs> he did help them. <laughs> um, Nicole, do you have any other questions? I, I don't think so. Um, I just really enjoyed getting to know you. Thank you for being willing to share um, a lot of your life and your history. And um, yeah, many thanks. It was fun. I love the fun fact. That's just, that's awesome. <laughs> and I have to try pickleball. I have no, you know, honestly, I love to eat pickles. And I know that's not what pickleball is, but every time I hear pickleball. It makes you think of pickles. I feel like they're like, a badminton racket and, and instead pickle. of the it, it, in a pickle so all right and and so if if you know anything about my husband uh -huh. he hates them oh no we'll send the sandwich back at the uh, restaurant if there is a pickle on there's the a plate. pickle a foot away from my sandwich yeah well and and i have to tell you something really funny because we went out to eat with uh andy and judy um a couple of weeks ago and um, most restaurants now won't let you sit more than six people at a table. Right. So we have an adult table and a kid table, which works out really great. <laughs> so we just put the kids over there. <laughs> and uh, so Grandpa went and sat with the kids. And so Lily, our, our only granddaughter, said to me, she said, Grandpa, I have to tell you something. She said, the last time we were out to eat and when your sandwich came and you weren't paying attention, they had put a... a pickle slice on the top of your bun but granny pulled it off and wiped it off with a napkin and you never knew <laughs> that is true love <laughs> or damage control uh, one, of the two. one of the two. Oh my goodness oh. so that was that just like I yes. said so yes yeah. 
I'm going to have to try pickleball. <laughs> My goodness. All right. Well, Jerry, thank you for being here. Um, Sarah, thanks for hanging out with us for the last three episodes. Yeah, anytime, I'm, Sarah. I'm sure I'm going to be calling you back into action here pretty quickly. So um, just want to say we're wrapping up our Titus 2 panel. Thank you to Ginny and to Kristen. Um, thank you to Tyson, who does all of our editing and recording. And next episode, um, we'll be hopping off of the Titus 2 panel discussions, um, but our guest is going to be Mary Hackbarth for, se for session four, not season four. We're in season one. Um, and we'll be talking to her about children's ministry, how it's changed over the years, and how us as women, um, as mothers, as grandmothers, as aunts, as sisters, as daughters, can come alongside um, our youth and our kids and really get in there and help their parents, whoever's raising them, um, really secure their knowledge in Christ. So that will do it for us for episode three, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Connecting Hearts podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts from. Don't forget to pursue connections with others who love Jesus and remember the words in Matthew 6, verse 21. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Stay connected, friends.